Hi everyone, welcome back to Resilient Together. Yeah, and if you're here since the beginning, thanks so much for your ears and for your support. Today's episode will be a little special because we're inviting another podcaster to our show. And I think we can say that it is lighter in topic than our previous episodes. Yes, my Sarah. Today we'll be talking about art and how it can influence people and cities. Art is so ingrained in us. It's all around us too. It's what makes things more meaningful. And when we talk about art in the context of people and cities, we can say that a city without art is like a person without a soul or identity. Every city has its uniqueness, its history and heritage. And then if we remove all of this, what's left? A soulless city maybe? Mm, and at the heart of it all is the people where creativity develops and manifests. And I think all Malaysians are artists in some way, and I think we need to nurture this as our cities develop and become more digitalized or tech-driven. There needs to be more places where social interaction and human connection happens, more recreational spaces in our neighborhoods. And this is where art can come in. When communities come together to create something creative, brilliant things can result. Art is also deeply connected to our jati diri. Jati diri is the element of life that reflects the outward appearance of an individual or society. In its authentic sense, jati diri is the identity of an individual, a society and a nation state that has the qualities of integrity that one is proud of. It's important that we embrace our jati diri because it's what makes us Malaysian in essence. It's reflected in our ways of living, our diverse art forms like um, puisi, saja, pantun, seni halus, seni music, seni anyaman, seni ukir, seni pertahankan diri, etc. etc. If we lose that, what do we have left? It's important that we pass on this knowledge of our art so that our children, the future generation, can appreciate it and embrace it proudly. So today we are speaking to Songs and Stories, a joint initiative founded by Gina Yap Laiyong, a author and novelist, and Juwita Suitos, a singer-songwriter. Songs and Stories, it aims to discover inspiration in everyday people and places throughout Malaysia and to highlight individuals, their stories, culture and the wonderful and intangible resources of our land, Malaysia. So our topic for today is transforming communities through art and culture. So we invite them today to speak more about what they do and to hear their input on art, its impact to communities and what they think about the concept of creative cities. Gina Yaplayung and Juwita Suwito, welcome to Collaborative Community Resilience Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. They wouldn't know who is who lah. I'm Gina. Yes. She's Gina and I'm Juwita. Well, can you introduce yourselves and talk about the inspiration behind songs and stories, how it started, and how has it transformed to what it is today? So yeah, um, I'm actually a novelist, a writer, a, a creative producer, Ma- mainly anything that has to do with a story. Lah. So Juita calls me the story doctor because um, that's uh, what I'm good at. So uh, yeah, before Songs and Story came about, I, I did a lot of traveling around to do writing workshops, uh, creative workshops and stuff like that. And then um, yeah, Juita does. Yeah, so I used to travel a lot to do... Um, music workshops, so vocal workshops, and then to perform as well. And one of the things I really enjoyed was when I traveled 
you know, throughout Malaysia, I get to know the local communities. Then sometimes if I'm fortunate, you know, if I have a day off, they will take me to where they like to hang out or, you know, their favorite spot. And I realized that when I came back, um, there were a lot of things that I discovered about Malaysia that my friends didn't know about, you know, like Kota Baru. They're like, Kota Baru is so cool. I'm like, yeah, man. It's like, you know, it's a super cool place. And they're like, huh? But then we watch in the news, like, danger, you know? So, yeah. So I thought, uh, why not use that opportunity to share all these discoveries lah, with Malaysia? And then I discovered that Gina had the same passion. Like she was literally at that time, right? She was traveling to uh, a certain place. And then I would go to the same place. And then it was the, hey, that um that writer was just here. Oh, that Gina. That, yeah, yeah somehow, quite interesting, kan? Yeah. So because thought, it's the same community that we go go to. Maybe because we share a lot in common. So people kind of go like, you should know each other lah because you, you share the same vision mm. kind of thing. So um yeah, then one day in uh, January, January. When I was absolutely very bored because yeah. January was a downtime. <laughs> I said, hey, we should collaborate lah. Since we have different skills, you know, mm. and we have the same passion. How about we collaborate and do something together. At the time, I really do, didn't know what. So yeah. I just left it at that. And then... And then when the opportunity arise, lah, so we had to like find a name or something. And then, yeah, since she does the songs part and I do the stories part of thing and SNS sounds easy and catchy to remember. Mm, so it yeah. became songs and stories. So how long has it been? How long has songs and stories been around? Four and a half years. No, five years. Well, it depends. We started in... 2016. June, started. right? Yeah. And then the podcast started in February this year. Yeah. I see. So so we're talking about art. And, you know, you guys are both artists. So just generally, you know, art is a huge topic. And, you know, there's so many ways to define it. If I can define it now, I would say that it's a medium where, you know, creativity happens. And then there's a form of self or collective expression. And we can agree that art encompasses, you know, different and various and diverse forms. And also, I guess we can say that, you know, art is in our day-to-day. And yep. it's, it's, yeah, it's in our imagination, in what we read. You're a novelist, so you write stories. The stories is a form of art in music uh, and in generally in our environment, in the day-to-day patterns and designs that we see. And Malaysia uh, is a country that is rich with art and it's deeply rooted in our culture and our diverse heritage nationwide, Semenanjung and Borneo. And I think that is what, your initiative songs and stories is trying to do trying to call attention to you know i think it's it's good to start with how do you both define art what does it mean to you and why is it vital why is it important i think for me art is a everyday it's a everyday thing like everyday life is is there whether you notice it or not and stuff like that i mean there's this line that i first saw in london it says that uh Art imitates life and life imitates art, which is which like a chicken and egg kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, because I think, so art is definitely an expression, right? An expression of what you think, what you see. So they say what, uh, garbage in, garbage out, right? So Correct. what you see, uh, well, not necessarily garbage, but if you see these kind of things happening in real life, chances are you would put it in your art. Lah. And I also think art somehow has that power, you know, to make people think, what's what's cool what's hip so yeah it's it's like when you when you when you watch something let's say like now you know like all those conservation things and art highlights it then people think oh this is a thing to do right whether whatever form of art it is so to me that's what art is like i mean it it 
expresses but also highlights and yeah definitely reflects our community so when we talk about the community to shift the conversation to community at a collaborative community resilience where we are trying to highlight the community driven initiatives and we want to tell the story of community resilience and empowerment especially communities in need and in the low strata so we often talk about the tangible ways of rebuilding these communities and um, it always involves economics which is kind of important but the social element is important too and this is where art can play a role art inspires social change and connects people despite the differences in us and there was a study that found um, the health and well-being of a neighborhood was determined by the capacity of people to act together on matters that concern a common interest and art is one way to bring people together well what do you say to to this how has songs and stories changed the lives of people that um, you've come across whether in semenanjung to borneo okay talking about borneo i think the first instance that i recall after you you know you talk about all that is um our first project actually it was called the kinabalu call um it was just approaching the first year after the earthquake in in mount kinabalu kan and you know it was quite devastating we had lives lost and then all the infrastructure was like in ruins and everything um and we had the opportunity to meet with the director of sabah parks at that time and actually randomly i was asking him you know are there are there stories about humanity about the human spirit that we can go and cover then he says actually why don't you come and climb mount kinabalu <laughs> so yeah so i thought okay and i didn't know what to expect right because the restoration restoration the yes restoration of of mount kinabalu i didn't know what to expect but when we went up we realized that it was actually the community the local community that rallied together even when the earthquake first hit what did the people do they didn't run away you know they didn't go and rescue their lives or what the guys actually ran towards to the mountain yeah. when the earthquake happened you know like uh, i think that was very interesting for us because if the earthquake have happened anywhere here it's like run yes as far as you can right <laughs> but they were like earthquake run towards the mountain let's save the mountain i mean it's like totally opposite Yeah. reaction. So from the guides to the porters, the guy who was telling us that he ran towards was actually a chef. He was working in a restaurant. But then so what did you do? Also oh, we just went to all the rooms, not 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 make sure everybody came out and there was this spirit of together together almost like the cars that you were talking about, right? Yeah. Like nobody told them they've never Malaysia never experienced earthquake in the last 40 years or I don't know how many years. But they 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 did that. And so that was the first one that that kind of rocked my you know rock my imagination and then the second thing was we discovered all the steps i don't know whether you guys have like climbed mount kinabalu before but there's a lot of steps okay so the first half of the climbs literally steps or oh, and then some you know like rocks and the Fairs stairs la. again like a path like that la. like wooden stairs yeah. and then only you get to the peak where it's the granite huge rocks lah So all those stairs, right? Each single step is like nice wooden pieces of of wood, right? That's all strung together, and all that was hand built because you can't you can't bring bring jentero and everything up there. Correct. I never realized that. I thought, oh, you can put cranes, lah, you know, but cannot. Mom Kinabalu, you can't have cranes and all that. So all that was handmade, and it was all again the local community. And so that was our discovery, lah, when we went up. And and I remember how okay, so how art comes into place 
okay, for one thing, I think building all that is already a work of art. Yeah, la. quite artistic, <laughs> la, you know. You need to find creative way to carry things up the mountain and then do every building on the spot up there in the middle of nowhere. Crazy, so cantik lagi. So, after we climbed, we said, why don't we do an event with the people there? She's very ambitious, you know. <laughs> she wanted to climb the mountain, come down and do event the same night. I said, <laughs> aku oh akan pengsan tu. Sebab saya ni uh, tak boleh climb mountain sangat. So what we did, what we did the event uh, the night after our climb. Okay, yep. so I think the event was very special because uh, we invited a lot of the um, local communities to yep. join us, and uh, especially the rangers and yes. the porters yep. and the guide. We call them guide, is it guides? So uh, then uh, we celebrated lah. What what we call we celebrated is we celebrated their story, their legend, um, the things that they do because. Uh, what happened is, one of the reason why we decided to cover this story of Kinabalu was also because uh, they, we were also listening to what the locals were saying. Like, oh, waktu gempa bumi berlaku, when it happens, right? Everyone is here. Every media is here. Every camp truck is here. Everyone wants to know what's happening. Da, 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 da. And then, after all, the victim is being saved. Bye-bye. Siapa yang tengok kita kat sini? No one bothered to ask us how we're going to repair the mountain. How are we going to do things? And yet, they, they quietly just slowly restore step by step, step by step, making sure that the mountain can be open to public to climb again and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And we wanted to just have an event to honor them by sharing some music, by sharing some stories and to tell them that, hey, uh, we see what you do, we hear what you do and uh, Malaysia appreciates it. Yeah, so a lot of times I think people don't realize that what they do on an everyday basis is playing a huge role in the nation, you know, um, I'm just building this stairway, what you know, to the peak of Mount Kinabalu. To them, it's just a normal thing, but to us, it's like, oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Yeah. So by um, sharing stories and our personal experience or what we feel about what they do, I think it gives them a sense of like, hey, there's a they really feel ownership, but there is like, a pride I, that I'm not shocked, Sandiri. You know, <laughs> like I think sometimes we do things and we know that it's good or whatever, but then it's nice to also have someone coming over and give us a a pat on yeah. the back and say, yes, it was, you know, yeah. it was a blessing. Instead of you thinking, yes, it's a blessing, it's, <laughs> it's a different feeling. So I think art allows that stories to come out because art gives voices to, um, not everyone knows how to tell a story, lah, you know, and by giving them that voices, you know, the voices that we put into their stories, it also allowed them to go out there and retell the stories. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very profound and very empowering just listening to that story alone I'm sure you guys have many many stories but from that alone I can I mean I can reflect that you know just building those steps right I mean it's an art form but I mean they had to self-sustain yeah like self-sustaining using the knowledge of those local people with their art forms I think we need to hear more of those you know every day you know everyone can be heroes I mean sometimes you, you don't get recognition but the smallest efforts that you do creates change and also by giving a platform to them to empower them through storytelling and also music I think that's mm. that's amazing I think we need more of that so like you know one of our work we, we focus on trying to find sustainable solutions for cities and um, communities and you know as, as we know at the heart of a city it's, it's the people right the rakyat Yep. And so their welfare and their happiness is very, very important. And there's this concept called creative city. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movement in, in a planning world, I would say, uh, in the development world, where it places creativity and cultural industries like art, you know, music, 
so forth uh, at the heart of development plans. So a creative city is, is something that you know, would foster connection between the people and to foster creativity in, in citizens and provides creative places and engaging experiences for the people so that they can experience the city in an emotionally satisfying way. First of all, like my first question is, what, what do you think of this concept? Like, do, do you want to see more creativity in our cities? Not just KL, but, you know, in KK, I, I, I think in it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. I think it's really, really happening. I mean, let's start with the most basic um, street art, murals. I mean, it started like five, six years ago. It's from Georgetown, right? Everyone's like, just go to Georgetown. I, I used to stay in Georgetown for a year. I took a time off, right? And I was working in the art community there. I have people coming to Georgetown and say, Gina, we need to go and look for the mural. <laughs> and not one, okay, there's 18 of them. If you know where, then let's drive me everywhere so that I can snap a photo. And I thought like, what is this craziness? Like driving around, look for photo. But you see, there's a lot of this concept must have really worked because you start conversation. Mm. When you snap a photo, then you, you are already having conversation with your friends. Oh, so cool, right? How should I post? What's the mm-hmm. mural about? And then you put it on social media and then your friends start talking, hey, where's the mural? What's it about? And then, you know, you just go from on ground to online and it just virus, you know, on social media. And that's why I think a lot of the small towns have picked this up. Because we've been to where? Kluang. Kluang yeah, has like awesome. two streets dedicated to it, right? Yes. And then we've been to a few towns. La. Like even KK has their pillar of Sabas, which is changing every six months, which is recently being changed again. Yes, they uh, accidentally painted it over early. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but these are things really bring out a lot of things, you see. And murals are not meant to be like, um, some are just really fixed. But I like the way Sabah does it, the pillar of Sabah. Mm. They have pillars and they paint uh, stories about Sabah's hero, lah. And they change it every six months, which means that you have new stories being pasted on the wall six, every six months being painted and people can have conversations about it. And that's how um, you inspire art. You see, you need something to trigger conversation and art does that in our life. So another question tying to this uh, is, you know, how, how do we make art more accessible to all? And you've mentioned murals is one thing, you know, to, it's a conversation starter. It inspires people through, you know, stories on a wall. What, what do you think of the idea of engaging with more communities through artistic initiatives? Like, you know, for, like, for example, what you do, you know, telling stories of the community in Kuta Kinabalu. So why don't we have like a community storytelling in a park, uh, in a city, you know, having drum circles where people gather around to play drums together, drum yeah, circles, yeah. yeah. And then music, orchestral performances in the streets or in 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 the parks. I don't know how feasible our combination, but I think I would like to see that. And also poem recitals and more, you know, more encouragement to go to public museums and art exhibitions as well. Yeah. Actually. Actually, it's already started. Um, like you mentioned, drum circles. There was the Tugu drum circle that started uh, a few years ago. Um, I think some of the guys were with ASEAN Percussion Unit. I, I don't know whether it was a, a, an initiative of the ASEAN Percussion Unit, but definitely people f- from that community were doing these drum circles at Tugu Negara, I think. Yeah. Is that area? That's like quite a few ones, area yeah. and, and other places as well. And... I think that was something that we we have also wanted, well, we've also done. Yep. Uh, when when it first started, okay, so for example, when I used to do performances, a lot of it was still one way. 
I mean, of course, you want to have interaction, like as as a performer, right? I would mm. sing, and then there would be interaction. There would be times where I get them to sing along with me, right? But it's still very much a one way. People just come in, and hopefully enjoy the evening, yep. lah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with you, with the storytellers community, it was similar. Similar, but we started to uh, also dabble in a few other things. I I think songs and story does one thing, lah. Mm. Um, it's easy to use art to inspire people to talk but having interaction is very different yes. and songs and story uh, when we have on ground event it's very different we don't go there and like hi I'm Gina I tell you story and yeah. hi I'm Juita we sing song we do stuff that is catered to the community in a way that we find what is the comfortable ground and we get them to interact so the entire event doesn't feel like we are the performer they are mm-hmm. the audience yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so like one of our first event we did in um also happened to be in KK because <laughs> it's like Kinabalu core and everything right yeah. so it was in this uh, cafe in Kingfisher yeah. and what we did was you, you can only do this in Sabah yes <laughs> Jirita would agree because I was like ah di vodka so what what uh, we had a host friend who hosted the event and he did this thing called uh, icebreaker siapa mau datang berdiri kat depan menyangi I was like <laughs> kalau kat KL your audience would have been like, I pay to see you, not put myself up there and sing. But here, because Sabahans love to sing, yeah. they came up and then they sang a song and then yeah. we tell them, hey, tell us a story behind yeah. the song, why this song? And then they tell us a story and there you go, art, inspiring stories, you know, uh, sharing in the interaction. It, it was all there. Yeah. And that became one of the things that we did as often as we can when we go for events. Lah. Yeah. Yeah. So the cool thing was we actually got to know some really personal stories of people that we've never met before. Suddenly said, you know, I, I, this song really, you know, helps me to bring bring me through that. I just broke up lah. Suddenly wah, right. like, like, like huh? who would tell you that in in their right mind, right? That you never know. So that was using uh, music, and then later on. Uh, Gina came up with I, this idea of how about we do a doodly do so doodly because she's a doodler oh, and she's got yeah. like you know doodler communities and she said how about we you know get people together and then they just doodle so I thought huh can I <laughs> so I remember it was uh, Valentine's Day we said okay let's give it a twist instead of doing um, you know love you love me kind of thing let's do a love Malaysia uh, do they do and we had this in Zipli Bangsa right yeah. it was nice enough to sponsor and then people actually came we had of course we had guidelines lah. Yeah. Um, these are some things that you could draw what is this all yeah. about and people there were people that we called who came for the event and there are people who we don't know who came for the event and then there were people who just walked by yeah. who just oh drawing ah. I said draw because um <laughs> Okay, lah, there's another, this is like singing is very Sabahan <laughs> kind of strength, right? So in KL, people are not very like, oh, let's open and talk, right? So what we do is we get them to draw things that they're passionate about in Malaysia. Like, and we discover so many things about Malaysia because they're drawing stuff and then hey, we learn something yeah. new. So yeah. it's finding ways to make art uh, accessible to who we are as well. Our personality, mm-hmm. lah, if you can, you don't feel like singing, then do, 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 don't have to talk. What? You just come, take a pencil, draw, don't like, walk away, don't have to, you know? And that, is one of the way we encourage interaction through the arts that we bring lah in our program. Mm, so speak, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose another way is to give a, a platform to a, other. Like there was this once when we had um, Studio Two. Yeah. So okay, I grew up in a school that had choral reading, so I was very familiar. I'm very familiar with the art of choral speaking. Sorry. Choral speaking, yeah. Um, and then she was saying, "Hey, I met this group of kids. They do this thing called what? Ah, choral." Oh yes, yes, let's have them over. So they came and for one thing, they did 
choral speaking, which introduced that art form to a lot of people who probably have never yep. seen it before. Um, but it was a self-written piece, right? It was about uh, uh, young, and young and proud Malaysians. Malaysians and all their dreams, what they loved about Malaysia, what, uh, what are their hopes and dreams. Correct. So the interesting thing about choral speaking is always in schools. Yeah. You, th- you don't see it anywhere as a performing thing, right? So we brought them over during one of our events, our Malaysia Day event, and then they had a platform and they are all dressed up. And then like you say, it's the public's first or second time of like, oh, chorus speaking, it's, it's a different art form. Yeah. But the thing is, you always have to have something that creates conversation. That's where interaction comes from. Right. And art usually does, but you need to give it a little bit more of a, a drive. Yes. And I think one of the reasons uh, art can really bring together uh, people from all over the place in Malaysia, the unity spirit is when you tell them, let's do something about Malaysia. Because everyone is passionate about their country or they want to find out what's the passion. So that, that is normally what Song Says Sorry does. Lah. We normally um, promote ourselves as we have uh, events or we have programs that cultivate or nurture that love for Malaysia. And you'll find that a lot of them like, got a lot of things to love me about Malaysia. You know, the kind of people always like, yeah, I also love Malaysia. They all come, that kind of thing. So you get a much wider audience in that sense. Adding up to that, art is a universal communication. It's an expression which can be expressed in various ways. You know, like, um, I'm, I'm from Ipoh. <laughs> I'm an Ipoh girl. So there's something about Ipoh uh, that is, there's a soul in Ipoh. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain this, but you know that Yasmin Ahmad, Arwah um, Yasmin Ahmad, yeah. um, uh, they did a, a museum for her where, where they hang the clo- uh, her clothes and um, they play the, the, the scripts, they play their short films and films and um, yeah, all the advertisements, you know. The people that came to the museum, they sit and listen and they watch all the films together, that's where the unity comes. There are various of races there. We sit together and we don't talk to each other, but we sit together and we cried and we watch. That's where the arts come. We Arts should be felt. We felt it together. We cried together. And, you know, that's where the love comes, I think. You know, arts unite the people, the community. So, um, coming to the next question... <laughs> Well, when we talk about the unity, we talk about how we want to drive the arts to, to, to unite the people. What do, you, what do you want to see, Pastili, Juita and Gina? What do you want to see more in Malaysia? Where are we in terms of appreciation for the arts? Well, would you say that we've lost this touch due to the emphasis on science, technology and development over the years? You know, I'm from art and design course before. I did a diploma in art and design. Um, most of my friends, they didn't continue their studies here, especially the fine arts uh, field. They had to go out of Malaysia. They, they, they went to Indonesia, they went to Paris, to places where art is more appreciated to, to further their career in fine art. There's a saying that the arts is more appreciated in a, de- a developed country where Malaysia is still in the process of developing. Should there be more local stories to be heard? How to elevate these arts and make them reclaim their dignity and to reinstill the love for art in the spirit of Malaysians, community by community? What do you think the sort of solutions that we want to see in Malaysia? 
Okay, for me, I think I'm reminded of that old phrase that says tak kenal maka tak tahu or tak kenal maka tak cinta. You know, um, a lot of times we hear about things that are from overseas first or from other countries. Like I remember the first time I saw street art, it was that famous guy, I forget his name now. See, I can't even remember his name now, but it was from Europe. Remember that guy who started that, that trend? Okay. Yeah, you just remember the effect <laughs> he makes, but not the person. Yeah. Okay, so okay. I remember, you know, that like, wow, that is so cool. And I never imagined that it could be here in Malaysia, right, at that point. And then, like you mentioned, it, it happened in Georgetown. I was one of those guilty ones who went and like, please, can we go and see? Can we go and take a photo, you know? Just because... I was I had that pride like actually it was that guy who came and painted in Georgetown. Correct. It wasn't even Malaysian. Yes. It was so, a non-Malaysian. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, but wow. I mean, we had the sense to invite him to come. That was like amazing enough, you know, like there was already an appreciation. I mean, people put money into him coming. And then we began to see more of it happening. And you can really see now there is an appreciation for street art because we sudah kenal and it's a lot of now there are local artists as well like I went to section 17 kind of market and I'm like whoa this is so happening and I found the guy on Instagram and you know and then there was this communication and I was like oh this is so good you know keep up the great work he's like oh thank you thank you so there's that connection you know um, I think one of the things that is on my heart uh, being a musician is also bringing, bringing music back into the mainstream you know yeah. like we have we actually do have a lot of awesome music music coming up from the especially from the younger generation and if you talk about the malay music industry yeah we've got a huge support right there but tell me if you walk into a mall right um half the time you would be hearing music from uh, anywhere else overseas, yeah unless they're playing malay music right if they're playing english music chances are it's going to be from Correct. somewhere else. And but actually, it'll be quite, quite interesting. Let's ask the two of them. Can you name an English Malaysian song? Something from Sheila Majid. <laughs> I see. So I, I'm trying to, we're also trying to make a point where, okay, Song and Story also introduced Malaysian music. So we try as much as possible not to introduce just Malay music because we are so diverse. We have Chinese music, we have Kadazan, we have English, and all these are so tergelam lah. So we have that focus as well. We promote Malaysian music and uh, Juita's heart has always been like, yeah. okay lah, let's do this. Let's try to mainstream. So we're trying to... um. Hmm turn the wave so to speak and uh, try to uh, promote or create awareness about Malaysian music yeah. uh, through and, many things that we yeah, do yeah and it's not really about just the Tenggelam uh, <laughs> languages right but also I think there was one day I went for music music there was this conversation okay so these are among artists okay I won't name names because I also can't remember who but it's like among the the Malay music scene everybody knows Right? All the top artists. And, and then you mention like a top artist in any of the other languages and you're like, huh, who? Right? And I was shocked. But the same thing applied to the other, like the people who were doing English music. <laughs> you mentioned I mentioned a, a huge name. name, right? And they were like, who's uh, that? Huh? And if even in the same art form, we don't even know one another. Correct. We don't even acknowledge the great music that's being done, you know, in the different uh, languages then Susala, <laughs> you're just talking about one industry already, like so segmented. Yeah, but every industry is the same. In Malaysia, I think the art industry suffered the same thing in the sense of a language became a, became, become a niche. 
mm. within the art itself and trying to open doors to just having them mix around is also something that uh, get to know each other so that you can learn from each other because you realize that each language have different challenges and somehow the strengths and weaknesses of different niche actually can help one another to grow the stronger community yeah. and I think that that's really really important lah. We have also seen other people have rose up, especially during the last two years, right? We kind of have, uh, what was it? Are you talking about that, that program or radio? Oh, yeah. So, like, Astro English radio stations, I don't know if you realize, but in the last month, last two months, they've actually been pushing Malaysian-made. Actually, when MCO started, you would have all these advertisements, support local, and then all the music is not local at all. <laughs> that was so weird. Being a musician is like, How is this possible? But even the last two months, um, they've started playing so much more local music. Even uh, Rakita has a local lab, having a lot of local charts. Um, and that's created a buzz. I mean, I remember those when it first started, you know, they started to play, um, what was it, Sona ones? I'm in the mood for dancing, right? Yeah, I like that song. Oh. I started dancing, I'm singing, singing. I'm like, it's like, it like brightened up my day because it's like, oh my gosh, hearing our own on a radio station that hardly plays our own. Or yeah. hardly, hardly, they did play mine, thankfully. Um, so that's one of the things. And I think that is just a glimpse of what we want to see for Malaysia as a whole. You know, knowing each other Not just in the same industries. So we learn new things every day through art. Like, I mean, someone has to say something and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I would like to add, like, because, you know, because I was asking the question of Creative City, but I think, you know, the first question should be, you know, it's is the industry in Malaysia, is it, you know, is it uh, strong enough to for us to achieve, you know, uh, an ideal Creative City, right? And during the pandemic, I think some artists had challenges, if you can say that. The COVID oh. is something that, okay, everybody mm. said COVID is bad, right? COVID did one very good thing to the arts. Mm-hmm. Okay, it forces everyone to go online because, and online is where you can spread beyond your beyond your imagination, beyond borders, you see. Mm-hmm. I think it changes the entire art scene, whether it's music, books, or painting, mm-hmm. in a totally different way and bring it to a whole higher level, like three, four notch higher. Because yeah. now, well, when you're stuck at home, right? Like not now, like last year when you stuck at home, mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time looking at, at films until you run out of things. Then you go like, okay, la, you look at this Malaysian thing, la, look at this Malaysian video, <laughs> look at this Malaysian painting, let's go and read a Malaysian book or uh, listen to a Malaysian song because why uh, we cannot buy things from overseas, no passes coming in. You're forced to really like soak in the Malaysian art. Yeah. And because of that, even now when the borders start to open, you already have the foundation. You already know mm-hmm. that Malaysia can achieve great things through all this art form. Mm. And even when the borders open, you have that basic foundation. Yeah, I guess And I COVID, think that's yeah. one really great thing that comes out of this COVID mm. thing. I mean, it forces <laughs> you know. people to digitalize la, in creative ways, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But it also, uh, audience are digital. Mm-hmm. So it was a good, good, because the creators have to go digital and the audience are already there. It's a ready audience. I think that's But really... coming back to Creative City, right? Um, yeah. Actually, I think it also, um, what's the word? Emphasized or it really boosted our creativity. Because when you're stuck at home, they say, you know, when you have limitations, that is when 
that is when creativity strives, mm-hmm. uh, thrives, not strives, thrives. It strives first and then it thrives. <laughs> um, so imagine everybody cannot go out, cannot perform, cannot, I don't know, cannot have art exhibitions. What do we do? We start mm-hmm. collaborating. Yeah. And I think when Malaysians started to collaborate in the arts, I, I, it was I mean, like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, suddenly, like the South China Sea disappeared, you know, it was like, People from Semenanjung, personally also, I was suddenly collaborating with a lot more with people from uh, Sabah and Sarawak. And I'm suddenly wondering, why didn't we do this before? Yeah, because you said, tunggu lah, eh, next time kita free lah kan? When we fly over, Sabah lah, kan? uh, when you fly Now here. you cannot fly over, you're forced to do online, you have to do So there's so much more collaboration. And I think somehow, the industries are, are built up as well lah, you know, together. I think it's like really um, close, how to say, uh, brought everyone together and we, we move forward. Like I say, when the borders are open, we will still go like, hey, we're online like now. Why must buy this up? <laughs> you, you know, that it really helps that whole production process of art. So I, I, I think we personally believe that art really helps us to celebrate our identity as Malaysian. And um, one of the stories that Drew always tell is uh, the Ola Bola movie story, which I thought yeah. is really brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how the entire movie come about and are you saying better <laughs> than me? Come on, babe. Yeah. Uh, I still remember the feeling that I had um, after, during and after I watched Ola Bola. Um, but I remember the euphoria that was among Malaysians before before I watched it. So I was like, what, what is this about, right? And I think when I watched it, um, the thing that really struck me lah, was, my gosh, Malaysia beat South Korea. Like, <laughs> was that, was that you were like, what, it's possible, but it and, happened. And it reminded me of, okay, this is going to tell you how old I am, right? But <laughs> in school, I remember the time when we were like, one of the five tigers or something like that. And... South Korea was one of the five tigers. Malaysia, South Korea, Singapore, I can't remember the other. The Philippines. Yep. And somewhere else. Indonesia, maybe. And it just reminded me that once upon a time, we were setaraf. I'm not saying that we are actually not setaraf. I believe all, every person is equal in God's sight. But talking about achievements and development and how, how far we have come... Now, I mean, everybody is talking about K-pop, right? It's like K-pop is the... <laughs> I mean, there was Hollywood, there was Bollywood, and then there's K-wood. Yeah, so sometimes, I think now, if you look at Korea, you look at South Korea, it's like, wow, it's that. It's that iconic place, right? And Ola Bola reminded me that, hey, once upon a time, we were all, we were all there. We were all at the same thing. And it reminded me that, hey, you know, there is nothing that is keeping us from building our nation back to, to that. Correct. To that glory day. Kalau kita pernah sekali medang dalam football with Korean. <laughs> I mean, imagine if we put our mind to it, our unity to it, you yeah. know, the, the entire movie was like, the stadium was so united. Yeah. And we can achieve so much more as Malaysian. And exactly. that's how I think uh, one good example of how a simple art, just creating a, a movie and it just, you know, bringing up the history again can just inspire and bring people together. Because if anything happens, 
that movie tells you about unity. That movie tells you that it's possible. That movie tells you, let's do this, you know. And I think that movie and a lot of, well, a lot of other art as well, like in community, it reminds us, right, that it is us, the people who make the nation. Yeah. It's like every player on the field, you know. It's not like, yeah, of course, there's only like, what, 11 players lah, and everybody's spectating. But everybody was cheering together. Correct. So they are part of the player lah. Yeah, it's everybody, the commentators, the guy who went, go, 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 that everybody like, plays a part and that always gives me hope la, like we can do this la. <laughs> mm-hmm. so the arts really believe us it's really part of a Malaysian identity mm. it's not something that you have to try and instill it's there it's like stories it's there it's how do we activate it and bring mm. it out in everyday life I think it's the Jati Diri that we're looking off I know that you said just now that every country is setara at the same level and every city has its own identity. But when we talk about Jati Diri, that's where we are kind of lost these days. And um, as for the youth today, Belia adalah tonggak pembangunan negara. But if they don't know their own Jati Diri, their own ancestors, their own identity, what's going to happen in the next generations? Which many of us didn't even appreciate art and history enough. And um, if they don't know and they don't have their own identity, they'll be lost and at loss. Mereka akan hilang keteguhan di dalam jiwa. Di mana art is soul, art is subjective, which it's too subjective to be explained. Ini adalah seperti jiwa di mana seperti Allahyarham Piramli pernah berkata sebelum ini. Di mana jika tidak disemaikan muzik tradisional ke dalam dada anak-anak muda kita, nescaya di mana satu hari nanti, muzik lain akan mengambil tempat, akan mengambil alih. Kerana di dalam dada mereka itu kosong. Apabila jiwa yang kosong itu telah terisi, ia sukar untuk dipengaruhi dengan anasir-anasir luar. Dan boleh diadaptasikan di dalam jati diri juga. Di mana jika jati diri itu kukuh, sukar untuk ini dirempuh. Wow. My heart feels so full listening to that. Uh, that's why macam I appreciate art, music, film, um, all all sorts of arts, you know, that we need to appreciate and it needs to be uplifted. It needs to be appreciated by arts to be enjoyed by the public. Talking about that, about, um, you know, giving that appreciation of art to the next generation. Can I remember there was one day I was performing in um, Moscow. Okay, so I had the privilege. I went to sing for the Malaysian students there lah. So, so somebody was telling me about St. Petersburg, which is like the neighboring, which is the next big city. And it was the artistic city, right? So I thought, okay, I'll go, I'll go check out the place. Um, so I heard about this place called the Hermitage. Okay. And I thought it was a museum. They told me it's huge and you must go there. And in my brain, I just somehow thought it was a Hermitage. But when we walked past, so I said, let's go and check out the place lah. Then they said, hey, it's free entrance. Why don't you just go inside lah? So I'm like, okay lah, you know, I was like, I walked in and then I realized the Hermitage is the second largest art gallery in the world. So it's next to the Louvre. The Louvre in Paris is the hugest, is the biggest art gallery and Hermitage is the second one. Then I thought, oh, thank God I came in because I, I thought it was a museum, right? So I walked in there and for the first time in my life, I am seeing art that is original from 500 years ago, 400 okay. years ago. Like really the cool. greats, even I think Mona Lisa was in the room but I thought so I was like I will see all the other artists okay like if I don't see Mona Lisa it's okay you know because have to queue and everything and for me it was the experience of just wow just stand there and soak it all in it was an experience for me right and then I turned around I heard kids running 
right? And it was a kid's school excursion. 11-year-old, stand up five. And suddenly I felt, wow, from 10 years old already, they've been exposed. 11 years old, they've been exposed to this kind of art. And I imagined what that puts inside there. I hope they appreciate it. I hope they know that it's something special that they can have. Let's start young. Yeah, I can't I, hope so. I don't remember going to an art gallery until oh, maybe teenager or even after high school. I mean, <laughs> nobody, my parents don't bring me to art gallery. Exactly. And yeah, so I, I mean, that is one of the ways that if it would be a dream for me to have that kind of place, right? In Malaysia, right? That yeah. even kids can go. There's, there's some place in um, Singapore, I, I found it in the internet where um, they painted they, they repainted the the Vincent van Gogh painting at PPR homes the low cost house in Singapore uh, on the walls and they tell the stories they they write the stories on the wall so the kids from the low cost housing they can appreciate art Vincent van Gogh painting and then um, there's a story there they they write the history of Vincent van Gogh and then what what is this painting is all about it's I think, really making art accessible that way, right? Yeah. yeah. You can't imagine yeah. these kids going to an art gallery. I mean, either they never thought of it, no one thought of it, or, you know, it's too it's a place that's not in their vocabulary. <laughs> but when you bring it to them, present art at their level, then you have that, you are making art accessible. And I think that's what Creative City is about. It's not yeah. like putting art somewhere where art's supposed to be, but bringing <laughs> art out to make it accessible to people who are supposed to appreciate it start from some level right you start from like grassroots level and accessible right and then if they start appreciating they will suddenly go to Sunni Balai one and art thing yeah. you must go and attract them and then fall in yeah. love until they are the one running to you to see the next level of you know high-end art or whatever is it you want to call it lah. it's democratizing lah, art right yes. making it fair and accessible to everyone so there you go. That was a very fun session with Gina Yaplayung and Juita Suito from Songs and Stories. Yeah, I really loved their energy and we've definitely learned a lot from that elaborative conversation on art and its impact on communities and cities. And I do hope that this conversation continues. We'd love to speak to more art and community initiatives in the future. For now, be sure to follow Songs and Stories at songsandstories.com.my or follow their Facebook page. Thanks so much for listening to this last episode of Season 1 and we hope to see you again in the future on Resilient Together. Jumpa lagi!